Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. This podcast shares the personal journeys of Tummy Team clients as they restore their core and pursue being strong to be pain-free and connected for the life they were meant to live. Welcome, everybody. This is Kelly Dean with the Tummy Team Journey podcast, and I'm super excited for our guest today. It's Jillian Sakuchaban, and she is um, a physical therapist that, uh, well, she was first a client, and then she was a physical therapist. She was a physical therapist before, then she was my client, and then she started working with me at the Tummy Team, and she has collaborated with me on our pelvic floor courses and a lot of other things. And I'm super excited for you guys to hear her story and learn more about Jillian. Hi, Jillian. Hi, nice to be here. I'm so, it's so good to see you. We were talking before we started recording and we were saying we could just talk all day. Um, and since COVID, we don't work in the same building anymore. And um, we haven't seen each other face to face for a long time. So it's so great to see your face and to see that you're doing well. And I'm so excited that you agreed to do this because I know you're super busy. (laughs) Yeah, so excited to be here. All right. So tell tell our listeners a little bit about you. Um, You can share whatever your age, your name of your kids, a little bit of your history, kind of give people a little bit of history about you. um, So we they know about you as a person, not just as uh, a physical therapist. Okay. Yeah, it's very tempting to always go into your professional, you know, <laughs> bio and stuff like that. But as a human being, I am a 44-year-old um, mother of two kids. I have a teen and a toddler. Um, just happened that way that you know uh, I had a I had a kid and, and now she is 14, and now I also have a, a toddler that's going to be three in a few weeks. So. Yeah, um, that has been interesting, that dynamic, having those two. Um, Let's see, what else should we talk about? I've been a physical therapist since 1998, um, and then the last eight years focusing mostly on pelvic health and working with a tummy team part of that time, too. So, yeah. So so let's talk a little bit about uh, your your first – birth experience with Aria Mm -hmm. and kind of what your experience was uh, specifically postpartum and how you got connected with me in the beginning. Okay. So starting with the birth of my first child, um, pregnancy was great. I didn't really have uh, anything pop out as, you know, uh, dangerous or anything like that with my first pregnancy. Um, but then she, the doctor decided that she needed to be induced for some reason. We still don't know what that reason really was, but she was induced a couple of days before she was due. And I had, I mean, you know, the labor was, I mean, with, with Pitocin and things like that, I'm told it's, um, more aggressive than what it usually is. So. So I did ask for the epidural, but then I had complications with the epidural. So they attempted to do it three times. Um, The first time I think it came out, the second time they hit something and I almost felt like I was having a stroke, you know, because half of my body was just like 
going numb and I was losing my sight and my hearing. And I was like, I feel like I'm having a stroke. And they were like, okay, we need to take it out. So, um, but then, you know, I like think about how I know as a physical therapist, the signs of like something neurological going on versus, versus somebody who might not have known and may, might have not been able to verbalize that. So that was kind of, um, interesting for me. Um, but then the third time, you know, it got in, but I didn't quite feel like that epidural actually worked. So I could feel a lot of the things going on. And then I pushed for an hour, had some tears and things like that. Um, but the baby was born, she was healthy. Um, but the next morning, they were trying to get me out of bed. And I noticed I couldn't walk, I couldn't move my legs. And, uh, you know, people thought that maybe I was in a lot of pain or something like that. I was like, yes, there is pain, but that's not why I'm not getting out of bed. I literally cannot move my legs. And so that started a journey um, of, you know, trying to figure out what was happening with my body. I couldn't walk for about five weeks, um, was in a lot of pain. And then I had physical therapy coming to the house. Um, and then when I started being able to walk, you know, that turned into more of a pain issue. So we saw the new neuro neurologist, we saw, you know, um, different pain specialists and things like that, um, had physical therapy, you know, had shots in my back and my spine. Um, and then in between, they gave me lidocaine patches and things like that to manage it. And it wasn't until about two years after that I was talking to one of my former colleagues and she had an open a pelvic health um, physical therapy clinic. And so I went and got um, and saw her. And then I remember like the first examination that um, one of the PTs there did and she put her finger where that spot was. And that was like, that's it. That spot, that was where the pain was coming from and it was just unreachable, right? Because it was somewhere so deep, it was internal. Um, and so that was when we realized, oh, you know, this was not just a back problem, um, but we also know the pelvic floor is part of the core, right? Mm -hmm. So it is just this whole system that works together. And so we started- um, We know that now, but yes. at the time, even though yes. you're a PT, right? Yes. This was obscure to you. And yes. I, I just think about, I think how sad it is that your first experience as a mom with a newborn was yes. so consumed with just survival. You yes. know? And and I remember you telling me one time that you saw a picture of yourself or or something from that stage and you were so checked out, like you didn't even recognize yourself. Yeah. And, and you know, because you're just trying to survive. At the same time, you're taking care of your baby. Um, right. right. And you're trying to figure out like, is this what motherhood is? Um, you obviously weren't able to work at the time. Yes, I wasn't able to work. And you know how we see pictures of, you know, the mom carrying the newborn with the, you know, baby picture, you know, that newborn pictures, basically. And I wasn't able to do that. I wasn't able to carry my baby and stand next to the window and pose, you know, because I had to use her stroller as my walker. 
I couldn't walk independently and hold her at the same time. I couldn't get out of bed to change her diaper. You know, I, I mean, when she, she, if she was in her crib or her pack and play and she was crying and she was wet, I couldn't go there without help. Yeah. So that, that was something that I just didn't anticipate yeah. being a mom. And it's, it's, yeah, so hard, so hard. Um, so that physical therapy, that pelvic floor physical therapy was a real eye opener for you because yes. um, not only did they validate and identify mm-hmm. where you're coming from, they started to help you feel better. And is that, I don't know if I know the answer to this question. I know I've known you for years, but is that kind of a moment when you felt like I might want to do this type of physical therapy or did that not happen yet? Well, I think I always, I was curious about pelvic health physical therapists, but you know, in PT school, we had probably, you know, one elective where a person gave uh, like a guest instructor came and talked about it for one period, you know, that kind of thing. It wasn't, and it was, uh, there was a lot to, of talk about incontinence and biofeedback, and it just didn't seem like something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So right. when, it wasn't a representative, a representation um, of what was going on. But I also yeah, know so. that when I met you, which we're kind of jumping around a little bit, um, mm-hmm. the thought of becoming being a physical therapist again didn't feel like an option for you because you were in you, this had affected your life in such a way that you couldn't see yourself working again. Right. I think I was quite discouraged, too, because, you know, as physical therapists, we we think we know the answers when it comes to pain. We think we know the answers when we co- it comes to movement. So and those two things were affected in my life. I, you know, had a hard time figuring out how to walk. And that was one of one thing I did for a decade before I even became a mom you know, and helping with people with pain. And so I was very discouraged because of my own where I was, um, not being able to get to the point where I felt that I could tell people and give people hope, you know, at that time. And so when I was able to identify what was going on with my body, that's when I said, this is one step further this is one other thing I can do to help people go, you know, take that step and give people hope. Yeah. So you then, um, then how did you, how did you hear about the tummy team? It's a fun story. Yes. So I, um, it was, I think the summer and, um, there was a preschool <laughs> having, a, you know, they were having a summer camp. I thought, I thought it was very, um, it would be a fun thing for my daughter to do. And so signed her up there. And that's where I met, um, Yolanda, which is, uh, which was working, who was working at the tummy team at the time. And she was, you know, she was like, Hey, so we started talking and she was, and she found out I was a physical therapist. And then she started talking about the tummy team, talking about what you do. And I just got really, really curious. And I said, you know, um, at this time, I wasn't even thinking about that was that there was more I could do with my health. There was not, you know, and I was like, but I was very curious. I would say I was I wanted to give it a shot and say, hey, I want to see what else can can this person do? Because at the time you saw me, you were functioning. Yes, right? I was. 
Mm-hmm. You were functional. You weren't seeing pelvic floor physical therapy anymore, I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of maybe plateaued a little bit and mm-hmm. you had kind of got to a stage where maybe this is this is as good as it's going to get. Mm-hmm. And um, in comparison to your previous symptoms, it felt great, but there mm-hmm. were still some lingering symptoms. When The reason why you wanted to come see me, there were still some lingering symptoms. And what were those lingering symptoms? Do you remember? I think it was that fatigue, you know, the soreness you get when you just got really tired. Um, The tailbone, I think, was one of those things, too. And so I was when when, you know, she was talking about the core and diastasis recti and stuff like that. And I was like, huh, I wonder if this is something that, you know, that I might have or something that I can work, um, I can work towards and see if there's anything, any changes that, that, that it can bring to my life. So I, um, yeah, so that's when I gave you guys a call. (laughs) Well, what's funny is Yolanda's not even a PT. She was just my assistant. And, um, and, but she, she had watched me work with clients and, Mm -hmm. Um, everybody that works with us becomes a little bit of a spokesperson for the tummy team because change and it's hard to not talk about that. Um, and I think that she was really drawn to you because you were a physical therapist and she knew that you, um, would appreciate, um, kind of our approach, even though it's a little bit untraditional. Um, and so, so then let's talk a little bit about, your tum- your personal tummy team journey. You came and saw me. This is when I was mm-hmm. I didn't have my own clinic yet. I mean, I rented a room at a birth center, <laughs> like a baby wellness center, you know. And I yeah, you had a clinic. It, you just didn't have your building, but you know, it was a you, it was yeah. a clinic, and it was um, you know, it was clearly that I was doing it because I loved what I was doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um. So you came and saw me and tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. So I came in and we talked about that and there was a lot of things we talked about. It's like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know why I'm not doing it, but that makes sense, you know? And 48 hours later, suddenly there was this, just this mental shift that says, wow, I think my body can do better. And I think my body can feel better and because it's starting to feel better. And I think it can actually stay this way. So I think that was the big mental shift for me. And I, I think that is something also that has carried, you know, um, into my practice. It's not just about, okay, fixing the problem. It's about the longevity and what your body can actually, the potential that your body can, um, can have. There's, and it sounds like just like kind of a hokey pokey word, but there's an incredible amount of hope mm-hmm. that comes when I, I think that functional core weakness is this elusive thing that we don't know we have until somebody gives it gives us that strength back or gives us a glimpse of what that strength would look like. And once you have that connection, 
And that's what it is. That's what, what stemmed from everything is you started to feel the connection to the stability that your body had been missing for years at this point. And you had settled for this is my new normal. And we, we started to kind of recover that. And there was an emotional response to that physical connection. There was this, oh, this is going to be different. And this is the missing link. You knew there was a part of you that knew, and there's a part of every client that knows something's not right, but I can't Mm -hmm. figure out quite what it is. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we get that internal stability connection, um, it, it changes everything. It shifts it shifts what we know, even if we're not, even if we have clients and we both have had clients that aren't quite ready to do all the work. They have other Mm -hmm. things going on in their life, but even knowing it's possible shifts things to knowing I can come back and I can get to there. But right now I've got a three-year-old that has developmental delays and I have to focus on that right now, you know, but they know it's not this hopelessness I'm going to settle for a broken, less than version of myself, right? Right. Yeah. And we see that a lot um, with people coming in these days. So, you know, we, we, we're not just, you know, families with like, what, a four bedroom house and 2.5 kids and one car, you know, that kind of household anymore. We are people, we, we are families who have kids with developmental needs, you know, who have parents living in the fam, in, in, in the home that maybe are going through a, a health condition like cancer or, you know, um, an aunt or a sister or a brother that they're taking care of as well. It's not just, you know, having a baby and then, you know, taking care of the baby. It's so many other layers of things that are, it's taking that brain space. Mm -hmm. And if you have pain or, and, you know, core or pelvic floor dysfunction on top of that, your body is also using that brain space, right. To, to help you survive. Yeah. It's a survival uh, coping mechanism. There's this underlying when, when we're missing for lack of a better word, a core component of our physical structure. Mm-hmm. Our nervous system is on a low or a high or a moderate level of alert all the time, yes. trying to hold us together. There's a certain level of stress um, and anxiety that our body is holding, trying to help us. And I and I always come back to that, that um neonatal um, intensive care unit, the little preemies that are overstimulated and, and can't, can't regulate their breathing, can't regulate their heart rate and um, can't focus, can't suck. And we, we pull them together and we swaddle them and we hold them real tight and Mm -hmm. everything settles down and everything starts to regulate because that being held, I think is an innate part of our, human makeup that we desire that internal feeling of being held together and both of us um are believers and we know that some of that is innate to the design that god put into our body right um but also at just a physiological level the stability that we need to 
to be the foundation for the mobility that life requires is essential and we overlook it so much and and it's it's people don't know it's missing until you give it back to them yeah and that's very interesting because this is something i think you and i have both noticed you know with our first initial assessment versus like when they're ready to discharge and sometimes we review with them oh do you remember you know you you this is something that you were struggling with and you came back when you came in and then how is that going now and they they don't even remember they had they were struggling with that yeah because yeah because it's something don't write it down they don't even yes. and this is why in our online programs we make sure they do their self assessment because yeah. I, some of it is we're a negative feedback system, right? We recognize <laughs> when things are wrong and we don't recognize when things are right. Like we don't recognize yes. the millions of times that our legs got us from point A to point B, but we remember that one time we twisted our ankle, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, like, so, so yeah, we have to remind them um, because our body clings so, so happily and so naturally to the health and the stability that we forget why we, what we were even feeling, which is such a great thing, right? We want them to move forward, but it's important for them to see how far they've come. Yeah. So at what point did you, at what point in your process, because when I first saw you, the thought of being a PT again was kind of this, you, you couldn't really, you didn't have a tangible plan for that. And then you started coming to see me as a client. Do you remember a point when you started thinking, I might want to do this work? <laughs> I think lots of conversations with Yolanda. <laughs> um, yes, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I think, you know, what I really um, was, uh, I started processing is the potential, right? The impact we can make on the community, not just on myself, but people I know, people in the community. Um, and I also just wanted people to know about what we were doing mm -hmm. and not be struggling, you know, not be in pain, um, there's already so much that families are going through. And this if this is just one thing I can help with and do well, you know, because I mean, I'm not a psychologist. Mm -hmm. I'm not um, a counselor, you know. We're a friend. We're good. Yes. Yeah. But I see families falling apart a lot. You know, there's a lot of factors going into that. One of the biggest factors, biggest factors is financial, right? That's what a lot of times they see. Um, but you also look on like stress levels and things like that. Divorce is one of the highest things that people can go through that gives them the most stress. But I started seeing how the, how, Working with people can help impact their lives, not just the body. It's like there's just this huge impact to allow people to just not just be so bound down. Well, I think we, we you could see, and I love this about you so much, you could see how when you were doing this work, 
the impact it had on your life far beyond the physical impact. You could, you saw the ripple impact, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and you saw that this was doable. It's Mm -hmm. cost effective because we don't see people forever and ever and ever, right? We see them for a handful of sessions and, and it dramatically impacts the quality of their life. And, um, and you, and, and like many of our clients and why we even have this podcast, people volunteer to tell their story. It's hard once you get a lifeline back to not want to share that with anybody you see struggling um, and not want to say it could be better for you. And, um, and I love that our, our experience together um, created that opportunity for you, but you, you came in, um, and you apprenticed with me and Jillian shadowed me for a long time. She's incredibly conscientious and wants to make sure she's doing it right. So she's not going to be just like, Oh, I'll swing this. Like, so she shadowed me for a long time, worked with clients and, um, and then started to see, I remember you, you always had, uh, a connection to the pelvic floor component because uh, mm-hmm. that was such a, a vital part of your story. And I don't do it. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a pelvic floor physical therapist, right? I don't do internal pelvic floor work, although I apparently do a ton of functional pelvic floor work now. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all connected. But you, you saw the work we were doing with the core and saw the connection to the pelvic floor at a much deeper level than I saw originally. And then you started to say, okay, I want, I want to merge these. I want to, I want to get more training with the pelvic floor and merge it with what we know with the, the tummy team approach to functional core rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what can you talk a little bit about, how like that was that that changed things in our clinic that changed the whole dynamic a little bit do you can you talk a little bit about how you felt led to do that and and kind of that journey (laughs) I think because you really can't separate it it's you know the body I mean everything is connected right we also know that with with things happening in the rib cage things happening in the diaphragm, that uh, things happening, you know, in the transverse, in the multivitis, and then the pelvic floor, and then the bones around it, the ligaments, the muscles, all these are wonderful things um, that protect our organs. And our organs is what, you know, helps our body function. Mm-hmm. So all these things just work so closely together. And I was just, it was just my curiosity, right? That just like, oh, wow, this is this. And so I just wanted to know more. Um, but then we, at the end of the day, you do need to have a foundation. Yeah. Yeah. So a foundation and some, you know, almost like a jumping board, right? Where you, you can start with something that is um, relevant to your life. Um, but then also be able to connect it with different things that people come in for because everybody is so unique. Everybody sees and experiences life, you know, differently, but there's also very, very core components that ties us all together. 
you know, with that human experience. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to relate to that, you know, we want to be able to um, approach things from different angles as well, because people see things from different angles. But then you come in and then you realize at the end of the day, there's still all these basic foundational things that cannot, it, it, you cannot compromise from that, right? Right. Everybody needs to know how to sit and stand well. Everybody right. needs to know where their core connection is. Everybody needs to know how to breathe and how to exhale, <laughs> you know. Everybody needs to know how to poop, you know. Um, and and so, you know, one thing that I always tease Jill about is that she's a little addicted to continuing education. She, yeah. she's like, it's my, it's my curiosity. <laughs> I mean, she goes to class after class after class and, and, and learns so much and pulls it all together. So that since, since we started working together, not only did you do all the functional core training with me, but you went through holistic pelvic floor training. You went through more of an energy model and then more of a, musculoskeletal model, um, you did the visceral manipulation um, education. There's mm -hmm. been, we all, we went to that trauma course together. There's been so many um, beautiful pieces that you've pulled together to really look at um, what a client is, is experiencing and what they're going through. Um, and what I love it about talking to you and having you as a resource to our local clients is that my experience with a large percentage of pelvic floor physical therapists has not been the same as my experience with you. Um, a lot of times it is like what you talked about from our PT school, um, you know, kind of lecture where it's they they look at the muscles of the pelvic floor, they look at what muscles doing what, they do the biofeedback, they get you connected, they might do a little bit of manual treatment. Um, but they're not looking beyond those muscles to what's going on in their posture and in their core and in the emotional component in their digestive tract. Um, you know, and all of those other pieces that I feel like you can't ignore that it's such a complicated process um, that is not just one muscle being too tight or one muscle being too weak, right? Yes. And then you throw in the things that we cannot control, right? Like the dynamics of your family, the dynamics of things in the environment that's going around you. Um, there's also a lot of things we cannot control. <laughs> and that's why I learned that also impact, with... That impact the core and the pelvic floor health. Because, exactly. Right. And so, yeah. so when you are, when you are working with your clients, um, how, how do you help them? How do you help educate them about that component? How do you help educate them or bring awareness to that big picture? Of what's going on because a lot of people come in and say just show me how to fix this thing show me how to not wet my pants show me how to not have pain with intimacy show me this show me that how how do you how do you do that with your clients i think 
The first thing is to listen. Because a lot of times the client gives us clues. They might not know they're giving us clues. You know, they might not know, but it's in their brain. They know they might not be able to put the finger on it, but they will tell me, you know, and there's very, very, um, it's kind of interesting because sometimes they might be coming in because they're in pain, but then I see the way they sit or they say, oh, but I'm tired. You know, I am not able to carry my baby because I'm just so tired. My back hurts all the time. Or they say, I'm just like constipated. Mm -hmm. I don't seem to be able to move. You know, I'm bloated all the time, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So all these different things, you know, affect your sleep. They affect how you move. They affect how, you know, how you digest your food and receive the nutrition that your body needs to survive. Mm -hmm. And it affects the stress level in your life. And if I was to say, you know, if what is one thing that that is can be the first step to move forward? And I would say that's breathing. Right? Because we we don't we often don't think about breathing as part of our nutrition, but we can survive without eating or drinking for days. We cannot survive without oxygen in our body. For even minutes. Yeah. For minutes. Yeah. And people and yes. people stop breathing. People stop stop breathing effectively. They start holding tension in all sorts of parts of their body. And mm-hmm. the breath alone is so healing. Mm-hmm. And and the way we teach the breathing affects their alignment, affects mm-hmm. um, how they feel, and then it connects to their core. It gets their diaphragm moving right. The diaphragm is connected to the pelvic floor function. You know, mm-hmm. there's, it's, it's, it's so simple. I can't tell you how many times I would see a client who we spent maybe 45 minutes of them telling me their really difficult story, mm-hmm. all their symptoms. And I, and I'm left with 15 minutes left in our session, right? But 15 minutes mm-hmm. is enough to teach them how to sit and mm-hmm. how to, yes. and I have them sit, breathe and rub their tummy. And they look at yes. me, they can tell with the few things that I do with them, they, there's, there's a spark that happens, especially when we wrap our hands around and help them feel their transfers. There's this eye opening moment where they're like, Oh, Oh, this is, this is what's, and, and when they realize I, I don't breathe right, this, this revelation or, oh my gosh, it's hard to sit properly. Like all of these things start bombarding them, but they look at you like, are you kidding me that all of this is going to get better with me sitting, breathing and rubbing my tummy? <laughs> oh, yes. Sounds like a joke, right? But if we don't start there, if they don't start with trying to get blood flow and connection to their core, start getting their body in the right alignment so their core can support them and get the breath so they can breathe, but also so that we can trigger the stability that the core brings with the exhale of a breath, nothing else is going to work. And mm-hmm. it seems too simple and it doesn't have to be complicated. 
But it's amazing how, because we often only get 10 or 15 minutes to actually treat the client in that first session, because so much of it is listening to them and, and doing an evaluation, but that's enough. They come back that next session and they're already making significant improvements. Right. Because you think that, you know, a lot of times you were like, that's it. But if you really think about it, I mean, how many times do we actually, how many breaths do we actually take in the day? Depending on which textbook you read, it could be any time from 17,000 to 22,000. That's tens of thousands of times we're making a movement. And if that movement is dysfunctional, one or two, you, you know, may not make an impact. But 17 to 22,000 times of a dysfunctional movement in a day, that builds up over sure. a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> if you really think about it that way. Yeah, even, if they, even if they don't fix all of them, you know, right? Yeah. Even, but even if they start, it's amazing how much our body clings to um to the the original design, the intent of what it was when we when even though you might not even feel like you have a muscle memory to breathing like that or sitting like that or using your core this way, so many clients will say, "I don't think I have that muscle." I'm like, "You do. You have it." <laughs> you know, but once it kind of, your body clings to this because we have an efficiency built into our DNA. And our body craves that efficiency. It, it's mm-hmm. just living on survival mechanisms, you know, because it was forced to. And if we pull it back to say, no, this is the right path, your body will cling to that and go, yep, let's 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 do that. That's better. <laughs> that mm-hmm. feels better. That functions better. I, I'm I'm moving better. I'm going to cling to this strategy, even if it takes a lot of brain comprehension in that very first session it doesn't take long for your body to adopt the better strategy right exactly yeah and then you see the snowball effect right when you are efficient and you're able to function and the brain receives the oxygen it needs you get that neuromuscular connection to the muscles in your body, in your core, in your pelvic floor, and then that translates into what's happening to your organs. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Your brain doesn't have to go, oh, no, what am I going to do next? Like, what, what, what do I need to do next to survive? Right. Now, the, now you can say, oh, I'm noticing my daughter is hungry. I can feed her. Yes, you know that kind of allows you, and it allows you. And this is one of the things that I talk a lot to my clients about: is when you have the physical strength that you need, it allows you to be emotionally present, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And 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 that and, and and being present in the moment is another thing that's elusive, and you don't realize it was missing until you get it back. Um, and yes. some people, some people know it's missing, but they can't maybe pinpoint what it is. And, and when I, when I talk to other, um, therapists that are first wanting to know a little bit more about what we do, um, what my, oh, I can tell, um, when, uh, uh another professional is going to be receptive to our approach and when they're not, and, and and it's, it's as simple as in most cases as somebody kind of yeah 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 I know about the breathing. Mm-hmm. If they if they say that, then then I feel like 
this isn't the approach for them, (laughs) you know, like, because I don't think, I think it's so easy to gloss over, to, to talk to them a little bit about the breath and then just move on because it seems too simple or something. I don't know what the reason is. Um, but, but the, the professionals that are like the breath work changed my whole perspective on everything. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. You're you're gonna get this. <laughs> you're gonna see. Because I think because you know there's been, unfortunately, there's been um, like people that have taken something that might have been sacred or something might that might have been very efficient and turned it into a marketing strategy, right? So you have like breathing is one of those catchwords now, mm-hmm. right? Or breath. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, you need to know the context. We need to know and we need to be educated, you know, and experienced people who have worked with breath and know the impact that it can make versus just like, oh, yeah, it's one thing that I can get a certification on so that, you know, it looks good and I, I can sound good, you know. And there, there's a big difference between people who have worked with breath um, for with with with, you know, with that experience um, of how it impacted their own lives and how it impacted their clients right. versus just like somebody who just took a course on it, that kind right. of thing. Right. I think that one of the things that um, with our professionals that train with, with the tummy team that I require from every professional, and this is another thing that sometimes some professionals don't want to do is I require them to do the course for themselves first mm-hmm. um, because for lots of reasons. I, one of them is because when you look at it from the outside, it's easy to go. Oh yeah, I know that. Oh yeah, I know that. Oh yeah, I know that. But until you, you actually internalize it and do it, you don't really experience the impact of all of those simple things put together. But the other reason is that it is so much easier to help a client coming from a place of personal confidence in this strategy than it is saying, okay, well, this is something you could work on. But I think us really being able to relate to them and say, this this is going to help you to come at it with that confidence that you these these things you're feeling these things you're experiencing can get better and it's a process it's a journey it's not a quick fix most of the time although there are some immediate improvements in people um it's a journey to get that to that full healing place but um i think most of our clients need a little bit of success um, for them to have the motivation and to have the confidence in in the process to keep going forward. And I think that comes from um, the journey and the confidence of the provider, of the professional working with them. Um, and And I know that that is true in your story for sure, that you can connect to people, you can relate to people, and you can um, use, you've used your story um, as a stepping, you know, a stepping off point to help people really to, for them to know that they can believe in what you're, you're offering. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, thank you. Um, because it's not an easy, it's not just something, you know, it's not just like a chapter that you can open and close. Yeah. Right? Because life is dynamic and it continually changes, it continues shifts, and we have all these different transitions, you know, from being a student, a child to, you know, being, you know, getting married or like having relationships and getting pregnant and postpartum and then going into the menopause and all these things, all these different stages, you know, it, it really, there's different um, experiences that add that don't have to be such a struggle, you know, and don't have to be um, something that's isolated, mm-hmm. something that you go through alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, having that support and having, knowing, having the confidence that, you know, somebody, you know, went through this, somebody who referred you to this person knows exactly, you know, why they're referring you to this person, right. Having worked with them, having met them, mm-hmm. all, that confidence um, and relationship is so important when people are going through all these different stages and all these different um, transitions. Right. And, and we've both always talked about this as, and I say this um, to my clients online, you know, um, and on our forum and stuff, we, we say a lot, thank you so much for trusting us mm-hmm. um, to be a part of your story, to be a part of your journey um, because it's scary and it does require some trust. And we take that very seriously, you know, mm-hmm. um, we both have had situations where we were either dismissed or invalidated by the medical community. Um, and we also have times where we had really well-meaning um, medical professionals that just didn't have the right information. And mm-hmm. um, so it's, it is a process to find the right person and to be able to be that. I have so many other things I want to talk to you about. Um, I really want to talk about about your second pregnancy, birth, and birth recovery. Mm-hmm. It wasn't perfect, but it was different, yes. right? So let's yes. go ahead. We'll, we'll go a little long, not super long, but we'll go a little bit longer. And and tell us a little bit about, about Avi. Okay, yeah. So pregnancy went so so well, right? Because at this point, I had a strong core. I had a functional pelvic floor. It was great. I was 40. (laughs) So a little bit older than I was when I had another baby 11 years ago. But yeah, so well, actually, yeah, yeah, I was 40. And um, actually 41, I think. (laughs) But anyway, I'll never forget um, when you found out you were pregnant. <laughs> it was I remember having this conversation with you. I think we talked about it before. Yes. We, even we talked, talked about it with anybody. Yeah, because my body was changing. I knew something was going on, but I didn't know that I was pregnant. Yes. Uh-huh. So yeah. that was that was and, kind and of you were 40. And, and yes. fertility was difficult for you. So it yes. was uh, yeah, that was that was a fun time. A fun time. <laughs> so you had a great <laughs> Because you were you were strong and stable and so knowledgeable, right? Yes. About your- and you know, I actually, 
I don't want to lie and say I enjoyed my labor, but I was excited throughout the labor because of the things that I have heard and learned from my clients, from working with clients and with you and even with Carly at that time with the, you know, midwife, um, all this information and all the different stages of labor, you know, every time something happened for yourself now that you've been doing this work. Yes. Yes. And even though, you know, it's like, even when I had to like throw up, I'm like, Oh, this is what's happening with my hormones. I'm so excited about this. This is what I want. You know, (laughs) even though like, Oh, that hurts, but this is what I want. So my doula was like, you know, she was, she was so great. She was supporting me. She was amused. It was, it was great. But then it came to a point where the baby got stuck and it was just the way he was moving and, and it was not anything we could control. And I just remember, you know, just that, just feeling so um, frustrated because I did everything I thought perfectly, Mm -hmm. right? But then there are things in your life you just cannot control. Right. Yeah. And I just remember texting you, texting, you know, everybody in her office, they please pray for me. I'm going to, you know, we, we have decided we needed to do a C-section. And, and once you saw Avi, you knew that it was the right decision, right? Yes. I mean, there's just, we don't have time to go into all the details, but I was very scared, right? Cause it was not something planned. It was not something, um, expected. So I was scared. I remember the fear of it. Um, but then, I also knew and I was confident that I was going to recover. And so, you know, prepared I knew, yeah, yes, yes. So regardless of whether it was a vaginal birth or a C-section, I knew that was hope. I knew there was support. I had a list of people, <laughs> you know, and resources. Great, great, awesome people, you know. Because I, instead of, with the first pregnancy, it was like, okay, what color was the nursery? What, you know, what kind of bed sheets? What kind of crib? And stuff like that. But (laughs) this time, it was about, I need my nursing throne. (laughs) I, you know, I need all these, I need a doula. I wanted, you know, all these other professionals around me. I need a postpartum chiropractor. I need, yes, I need my team of people. And the team was there and the team came through. Yeah. Um, and I healed really well. I was back to work I, in four months postpartum <laughs> versus six years postpartum. Right. You know? and, and, and it was, I, I remember all of us going, oh, man, you know, but it was like you said, it was out of your control. Abby's head was in a position that he was not going to come out um, safely through your mm-hmm. now and and you know his poor little face was so bruised because he was trying he was really yeah. trying but he was just like a trooper oh, yeah he's such a trooper you know um but but your birth recovery was still really beautiful and um you did have to grieve and adjust that change and deal with that change in the birth but um you you really took care of yourself afterwards and the work you did beforehand set you up for such success afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that was really, it was really sweet to walk alongside you and to be a part of that with you and to see it because, you know, like you, I, I mean, I had my kids before I started doing this work. Mm-hmm. So I can't tell somebody from experience how it would impact a future birth. Right. Um, yeah. I'm not having any more kids, <laughs> but <laughs> surprise, we're able to do that. And, and it was really, it was really sweet. All right. I want to ask you two more questions. Um, okay. What would you say is the most rewarding part of your job as a pelvic floor PT? And the cookies and the flowers. No, just kidding. (laughs) We get cookies and flowers. But um, I think the most rewarding thing is seeing the impact it makes on families and the community. Because I also know, you know, when I started truly recovering, you know, not just surviving, not just not being in pain, but truly just thriving. I saw my family thriving as well. And I know that's what happens when a person thrives, when their health is in a place. They're not just like avoiding disease or avoiding pain. They are thriving. So that is the most rewarding thing for me. And, you know, like, that's like such a holistic answer, such a big picture answer. I love that answer. Okay. What has been the most challenging part of your job? Mm, Challenging job. I mean, challenging part of my job. Um, I think dealing with maybe fear, you know, because there's a fear of unknown. Um, I am working with things that are very private. Things are very sacred to people. There are uh, there might be some taboos or cultural beliefs or even like religious beliefs that might um, people might have grown up with. And I can go another hour talking about all these different um, beliefs and um, you know things that we were taught as we when we were young and experiences that we went through. So I think fear is one of the the challenging things that um, that I. Um, come across when it comes to working with um, different people. Yeah, and that's 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 something that doesn't have a quick fix, right? It's a process. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a process. Um, what what is your last question? What do you? What is your self care routine? What is your? What have you carried on? Um, core pelvic floor self-care that you do on a regular basis? So I look at what I consider the four pillars, right, of things that are important in my life. Sleep, nutrition, movement, and stress management. And I think we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. What is one thing that ties all those things together? And once again, that is breathing. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you need oxygen to survive. You need to be able to breathe properly, to move properly. So the pressures in your core and your pelvic floor are not disrupting any other parts of your body, you know, and you need that breath to work with your parasympathetic system Mm -hmm. so that you can sleep well and manage stress well. Mm -hmm. So that um, is, that is my self-care. That is um, the boundaries I make for, you know, what I put in my day so that I have time to make sure those things are, you know, 
at least a priority. Mm-hmm. You know, days don't go as planned a lot of times. There's a lot of things we cannot control, as we've talked about. But if I can put some boundaries and and be able to um, say, hey, these are important, mm-hmm. and also verbalize to my family, to you know, my work, um, that, that these are important. This is how I can care for myself and also care for you better. Right. That allows you yeah. to thrive and be a better mom, wife you know, therapist, right? And, and the reverse of that is probably one of the most significant detrimental things that we see in our, our pelvic floor clients is powering through their life. Yes. Powering through their life, ignoring their self-care needs and just powering through pain, powering through stress, tensing up, bearing down, grit and bear it, powering through life is and we we both are holding our fists because we know that that comes in their whole body and I would say that characteristic or that life strategy is the single most detrimental life strategy in our pelvic floor clients that we see and so what you said that you do for your self-care is the reverse of all of those right and really powerful really powerful Okay. All right, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do another session, but we both have <laughs> other things we have to get to next. So, thanks, Jill. Thanks for being a part of this, and just for everything you do. I I am really blessed to have you in my life, and has have you um, as a resource and a colleague and a friend. And I think that you have a great story and a great heart and a great passion. And I love that we've been able to share it today. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to learn and also to share. So this has been great for me, too. I appreciate it. All right, Jill. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and we're going to we're going to put a couple links to some additional information in our podcast notes so that you can learn a little bit more about pelvic floor physical therapy, kind of what we do at the tummy team and a little bit more about Jill as well. All right. Thank you, everybody. I hope you are well wherever you are. Thank you for joining us today at the tummy team journey podcast. The Tummy Team is committed to validating your story, providing you with relevant practical education to understand your body, and offering effective solutions to live the life you were meant to live. Check out thetummyteam.com to get more information about how we can help you specifically, and see if one of our online programs is right for you. You can also follow the Tummy Team on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube to get tips, encouragement, and support.